Hey everyone, this is Jacqueline and you are listening to Dark and Enlightened. Welcome back, people. It is season two. Ooh, 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 ooh. Ooh, somebody scream. Ah! Okay. <laughs> I'm a fucking idiot. Anyway, welcome back to season two. If you were a listener of season one, I am so glad I did not turn you off and you came back. If you are a new listener, I will say welcome, but I'm also going to highly encourage you to listen to season one. You know, you got to see my growth. You got to see the growth of the show. Okay. How like weird and scripted and nervous I sound in the beginning where I'm like, and now I'm just like, I mean, they're kind of the same, but you know, it's unscripted now. Anywho. I'm so glad you're back with me. I'm so glad to be back in front of the microphone. It's where I belong. And now um, I'm a little fucking loopy because it is 9 p.m. on Saturday. This should be coming out. Uh, I always schedule it to post on Monday at 1 a.m. In this time frame, I will need to edit and uh do a bunch of shit. So I did not plan my life accordingly, but that is the theme lately. Illusion. I am alluding to something. Also, if you don't know what this podcast is about and you are brand new, let me go ahead and say my spiel because I forgot it in the finale episode last time and we're not doing that again. If you don't know what this podcast is about, here is what I do. I discuss topics that aren't maybe the most popular to talk about, maybe too uncomfortable for people to talk about. And I call these topics, air quotes, dark topics. You'll hear stories from myself or others about a dark topic, along with some open and honest conversation. And ideally, you will leave a little more enlightened than you were before. So truly, this episode is not going to be uber dark, um, because it's just going to be kind of an update on shit. But because I really don't like the episodes where I'm by myself, because I just ramble like I'm kind of doing right now, I like to have someone with me. And who could I book at the last minute at 9 p.m. on a Saturday, but... The dude who lives with you. Oh, my God. My husband, Jordan. Hey, Jordan. Hey, thanks for having me on. If I had a sound effect machine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to look it up while you talk. So how are you, Jordan Scott Brown? Oh, I'm doing very well. Thank you. Great. Is how, it good to how be How are you? Good. Is it good to be back in front of a microphone again? It's it is. Yes. It is. It it's been a few months, but uh I think uh we're gonna get right back in the saddle. I think so too. And uh edit, you are lying because we've been doing this for a fucking hour because I am not liking anything. Yeah, but your audience doesn't know that. Well, I just told them. Well, well guess what? Clearly I, you're rusty. Well, I am rusty, and I also am a perfectionist, and I like to get like the flow going. This so far has a good flow. I do like the flow so far. Yes. Other times it was stagnant. It was like constipated, if you will. But now it's like diarrhea, baby. <laughs> <laughs> And in under four minutes, we've talked about diarrhea. Please don't ever (laughs) compare our chemistry to uncontrollable bowel movements. See, this is a good flow, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Anywho, where we last left off, as you would do in a um, the season premiere of any show. Let let's see. 
we were talking about how I was going to take a break and I was very vague about it. And I was like, I need to figure things out. Vague book. Whatever. You definitely left a cliffhanger. I did. Because, uh, hello, uh, have you seen TV? You got to leave cliffhangers. This is not TV. <laughs> have you seen? I was going to say, this isn't. Have you seen podcasts? You, you haven't seen this one. It's not video. Anyway. Wrong, wrong medium. Okay, whatever. Any whom I was very vague about it because I didn't uh, want to lead anything on quite yet because I didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. We also discussed you started ADHD coaching. I started life coaching. I was getting ready to go to Vegas in about a, a month or two, I think I mentioned. About a month, yeah. Our last episode aired the beginning of August. It is now end of October. Mm-hmm. Things have changed. Am I right or am I right? They have. All right. They have changed. Let's start with the number one major change that has occurred. Which is? I quit corporate America. I am a part of the great resignation as as has been dubbed on social media. I quit corporate America and I got a job lined up nowhere. I fucking quit. (laughs) with no plan which is the exact opposite if you know me of what i do in my life you always have to i always have a plan so let me just address this first this had uh this idea of leaving corporate america had been brewing in my mind honestly since probably the beginning of 2020 maybe or no end of 2020 maybe beginning end of 2021 what fucking year is it 2021 2021 so this had been brewing but i did not think it was a reality because um i didn't give myself much credit in regards to any talent outside of corporate america i uh, switched my career probably a couple years ago into the it area thought that would be my dealio and that transition was great I love my team. I love my boss. Uh, the people I worked with, everyone is fantastic. That's pretty much where it ends. Yeah. And, but the work that I was doing was not fulfilling for me. And I found that I was pivoting more towards my volunteer work. That is what I was most passionate about. And honestly, I thought it was just going to remain volunteer work. I didn't think it was going to turn into anything that I would do full time because guess what? In my head, I didn't go to school for any of this shit. And to recap, my volunteer work, I, let me name it off. I dabble on the advocacy side. I am a member of the Recovery Advocacy Project, where I am on the state team for Arizona, but also something I picked up about May. I am also what's called a field organizer. So I help three other teams out. Illinois, Missouri. I was going to say Illinois, Chicago. That's not a fucking state. Illinois, Missouri, 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 and Florida. If you're listening, hi guys. Hey, I help those teams out. It's super part-time, like 10 hours a month. However, it's something where I got more involved into it. I know it sounds like 10 hours, but then I was all, I'm also the volunteer coordinator for a local syringe service program, which is shot in the dark. I've been very hesitant in the past to name these organizations because whatever, I didn't want to like, oh, poo-poo or embarrass them. But everyone know whatever. You you know what I fucking do. If you know me, you know what I do. Nothing wrong with name dropping. 
yeah, I didn't want to sound like a braggart, but again, this is a part of my transformation. So I'm the volunteer coordinator for Shot in the Dark. We're a local syringe service program. We recently became legalized at the end of September, and I've been doing, um, I'm on a committee for opioids and behavioral health and working with CMS to determine appropriate measures around opioids. I'm a shatterproof ambassador. I You're a public narrative coach. I'm a public narrative coach, which I'm fucking proud of. And I'll go into that more later. But bottom line, I decided that, okay, maybe this is not my fucking deal. And your corporate job. Yes. Corporate's not my deal. And I told Jordan initially, like, yo, I I just want to fucking quit. I don't know what I want to do. What was the pre-Jordan response to this when I first brought it up earlier in the year? Yeah, so the pre-Jordan response was, how are we going to handle this financially? Because we've been so used to a two-income house. It's Mm -hmm. like, oh, how are we going to pay the mortgage? How are we going to pay all of our bills, you know, how are we going to pay the dog's vet bills, you know, all of that. And I was like, let me tap into that 401k. Uh, And Jordan cringed and cried because Jordan used to work with 401ks. I know a lot of people be like, oh my God, don't touch that. But what's the age I can't touch it? Or I can't touch it until? Well, 59 and a half. Yeah, I'll be fucking dead by then, bro. I just have vibes, you know? Do all people that have 401k accounts in your head have British accents? Yeah, they do. They're like, oh Oh my God, you can't touch your retirement account. You can't do that. (laughs) Don't you realize you can't touch it till you're 59 and a half? Why would you so selfish? Okay, here's my logic. And I learned this logic originally from Nick Kyle Pyle, who I used to work with. When we were looking to buy a home, we thought, how the fuck are we going to get money for a down payment or whatever or anything like that? And Nick was like, just borrow from your 401k. I was like, that sounds lovely, but you don't know who I'm married to. (laughs) But then he was like, well, it's an investment. Like you're putting it back into yourself. So I had to like do this whole presentation to Jordan, i.e. You had a PowerPoint. No, I didn't do all that. Handouts. Yeah. (laughs) said Strobe lights. Take one and pass it on. (laughs) No, I really had to sell this, but we did take some money out of. I, both of our 401ks yeah, we did and uh we purchased our home and honestly that's probably the best thing we could have fucking done because the housing market here in arizona is stupid right now it's ridiculous it's stupid how crazy our home is overvalued because of everyone yep. moving here please yep. stop i'm waiting for the crap well no actually if we hit triple our value let's let's leave michael we'll, we'll sell it and move to the caribbean that's that's michael anywho Sorry, I'm all over the place. So I kept saying to Jordan, I'm like, well, why don't I take some money out of my 401k? Not a giant amount, but an amount to pay off some credit card debt to alleviate that. Because let's be honest, I'm a millennial. I have credit card debt. Uh, A chunk of my paycheck goes to debt. Welcome to being a millennial. We weren't set up to succeed, really. (laughs) Um, So I kept trying to sell this idea to Jordan. What did Jordan keep doing? Well, I I did shoot it down, but it was also just me not taking, you know, your perspective on things Mm -hmm. and how, um, you know, your corporate job just, you know, like you said, was not fulfilling. So, you know, I'm just looking at it from the whole financial 
perspective when I wasn't looking at it from your side of things. So yes. So I wasn't being very self-aware. No. Well, no, it's not really self-aware. It's just you're not being well, aware mind, of my fucking mind, needs. Mind, I wasn't yeah. being mindful of you know yeah. what you needed. Yep. So, exactly. okay, I, this is all going to like lead to a story here. I had been bothering Jordan. Hey, why don't I just, we'll pay off some debt and then that'll kind of like, not necessarily even stuff out, but it'll put less, less pressure on us. Why don't we do this? He still was not buying it. I had started seeing my life coach and my life coach, Maureen Scanlon. I know if you're listening, or I know if you're listening, she, she is listening. Hi. She... In our, I think it was our second session, which was after the final episode premiered, she listened to my podcast episode. And in my initial meeting with her, I didn't speak anything about Jordan and the stuff going on there. And she's like, why didn't you bring up Jordan to me? Why didn't you talk about him? I'm like, I am so fucking done talking about Jordan. I am done talking about our relationship. I am done talking about that. Like, this is supposed to be for me. I want this life coaching to be for me. And I was really fucking triggered because if you have, or maybe you didn't get this gist, but the gist is, is that even when we were doing couples counseling, everything was focused on Jordan. Do you agree? I do. Yeah. hundred percent. Okay. It was all about what I needed to change and what I needed to work on. So when it's that, and then I have this dude who's like, no, we shouldn't do this. We should be responsible. You can't touch your money. And you're just blatantly ignoring the fact that I'm like, I'm not happy. Like it was extremely frustrating. So that's, uh, was a very big trigger. And Maureen recognized that. And she started talking about codependency and I thought she was talking about Jordan being codependent. I was like, oh yeah, Jordan being codependent. She's like, no, with you. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? I'm codependent? I had never pondered this in my life that I'm codependent ever. But hold on, for all you people who are thinking, my idea of codependency was I can't make a decision without relying on someone else. You need everyone's help before you make a final call on something you need input. That's kind of what I thought codependency was. If you know me, I'm very independent. I'm very strong-willed. I make decisions that I want. I do my own research, all that. So the idea I was being called codependent at first, I was like, I think she's totally wrong. Sorry. That's what I thought. However, once we got off our call, I Googled codependence. What is codependency? I'm going to read this in case anyone out there is potentially wondering if they're codependent, which is a kind of a dark topic people maybe don't want to talk about. But from SharonMartinCounseling.com, she is a licensed clinical social worker, or clinic, clinician, social, LC, whatever. She says, these are the things she lists off for codependency. You focus on other people and their problems, caretaking, fixing, advice giving, doing for others, even when it negatively impacts your mental health, physical health finances. And I was like, <laughs> Uh, you're extremely self-critical. Check. You feel responsible for everyone and everything. Check. Uh, you experience high levels of guilt and shame. Check. You absorb other people's feelings. Check. You're a people pleaser, afraid of disappointing or upsetting others. Uh, check and check. You have trouble setting boundaries and being assertive. Check. You ignore your own feelings and needs, possibly numbing them with food, alcohol, or drugs. Check, 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 check. 
Intimacy, open communication, and trust are difficult. Uh Uh-huh. You act like a martyr, taking care of everyone else, giving without receiving, and then feeling angry, resentful, and take advantage of. Check. Check. Uh, You're a perfectionist. Check. Check. You tend to overwork and overschedule yourself as evidenced by this last minute thing. Check. Check. You can be controlling, nagging, and critical of others. Absolutely big check. You're, You're waiting to see if I... You can say it. Check. Uh, and you crave predictability, structure, and certainty. Check. You hit all of those boxes. I was literally, literally bamboozled. I had floored. You were floored. I had never thought of myself as codependent. When we had this conversation, the reason this was brought up was because I was talking about, you know, with Jordan, it's been something where I always lead everything. And it's, you know, in terms of effort into our relationship. I have felt like it's an 80-20-85-15 situation. And I said, you know, ideally if it even if it gets to 70-30, that would be nice. And she was like, "Why would you settle?" And I almost immediately wanted to defend Jordan. And I was like, "Well, you know, he has ADHD, but this is like a codependent fucking thing codependent people do." Like, "Well, and she's like, "No, you should if you want it to be 50-50, why do you need to settle? And I went, yeah, why do I need to settle? It was the first time I'd ever realized how much I will bend or flex or whatever to accommodate to someone else. Not, well, okay, I'm sorry. First time I realized it with you, because before I dated Jordan, I was extremely codependent. Like I would always morph my shit to match the other dude. I would do everything to fucking please them, make sure they're comfortable, blah, blah, blah. Like I was fucking lame. You wouldn't be yourself. No, I wasn't myself. I fucking morphed myself all the time to like what they like and do what they do. And I want them to be happy and comfortable. Like what a fucking loser. Okay. Old Jacqueline, Jesus Christ. So when Jordan and I got together, we were already friends. I didn't change who I was for him. I didn't do shit for him. So in my head, I'm no longer codependent. In fucking reality, this has been codependent Mm -hmm. this whole fucking time. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. So I was truly bamboozled by this idea and I had never pondered codependency. But it makes so much fucking sense. Okay, Jordan burped. I was waiting for him to add something, but he burped. No, it makes it makes tons of sense. And, you know, just from, you know, our relationship, you wanting to, like, give me advice, wanting to, like, steer me in the right direction, you know, you putting that, like, putting those, my needs in front of your needs, like, yep. you always, you know, you always put yourself last and you always yep. make sure other people are taken care of and, you know, you're giving your effort to others other than you. And I always thought that was just like, well, I'm a big sister. I'm just caring that I'm just a caretaker or whatever. No, bitch, you're codependent. You are codependent. So I I didn't know what to do with that. I kept reading more about codependency, watched YouTube videos. I was like, fuck, I'm codependent. Oh, my God. Like, I don't like this. And what a lot of codependent people uh, may not realize is that a lot of your worth and your your self-worth and your power comes from other people. 
Like you don't build that power up yourself. You want other people, you know, that's when you get approval and all that bullshit. And I was just like, dude, this is not fucking cool. This may seem like a random fact. Overdose Awareness Day is on on August 31st every year. They actually, uh, there was an event for Overdose Awareness Day, like a candlelight vigil dealio. And I had a, a session with Maureen that same day. Maureen, who actually showed up to this, literally, this is like, what, the second or third time I talked to her, showed up to honor my brother, which, cry, 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 you know? But... I felt on the drive over there is when I would address my codependency and I would demand more. What what other perfect time could you I know. possibly think of? Exactly. Because, you know, we talked about, uh, you know, potentially divorcing in a converted Buffalo Wild Wings. Mm-hmm. So why not on a way to memorialize my dead brother? Hey, let's talk about uh, how I need you to start fucking 50-50. So I pretty much said, look. I need you to be fucking 50-50. I need you to be there for my emotions and ask me about me. So like all these things that I kind of just pushed off to the side, like we've talked about in prior episodes, I needed someone to ask me about grief. I needed someone to ask me about my depression, my anxiety. Jordan wasn't doing that. But I was just like, no, it's okay. You're dealing with your ADHD. No, it's fine. I'm good. No, I'm good. I'm good. Maureen even counted how many times I said, but it's fine. And I think she... (laughs) In like 37 minutes, I think she counted like eight or nine times where I said, you said the term, but it's fine, which means- Eight or nine times? Yeah, but it's wow. not really fine. But yeah, it's not. Yeah, whenever, no. it's, whenever someone says, oh, it's fine. It's not fine. It's not fine. So I told Jordan, look, I need you to fucking step up and do these things. I do these things for you. I expect it in return. This is fucking bullshit. I'm drawing a line in the sand and you live up to this or you don't. Because I was so afraid of bringing up the D word again, divorce, because of how negatively it impacted him and how it traumatized him. So I thought I can't even hint at anything towards divorce because it's going to trigger him and I'm worried about him while me, I'm getting my shit not met. You know, I'm meeting all his fucking needs. I'm reading all about ADHD. I'm fucking buying fidget toys. I'm doing all this shit. And I'm becoming very resentful because I'm like, bro, when where the fuck are you going to learn about depression and all PTSD and my shit? So I flat out said, I need you to fucking take the time to learn about my shit. I need you to invest in me and I need you to be 50-50. And if you can't live up to that, we're going to have to discuss different options for our future. I didn't drop the D, but I said, I can't fucking live like this. And Jordan said, okay. (laughs) Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, there was no fight from him or anything like that. Long story short, from August 31st until now, Jordan has asked, has checked in with me constantly. Usually there is a one to two week period afterwards where he changes and then goes back to his old bullshit. It is end of October. So it's been two months now. You check in with me constantly every day. You are fucking, um, you know, how's your depression? How's this? How's that? How's your grief been? And Jordan Scott Brown finally understood why it was so important for me to leave my job because I was it's about my happiness and what I am passionate about we ended up scheduling after our um 
you know, my demands on overdose awareness day, the perfect day to demand things, we scheduled a, another um, session with our marriage counselor. Cause if you remember, we stopped seeing her in May cause we thought, okay, we need to work on our own shit. We had another session with her and we're going to have one on Monday, Monday. again. But bottom line, we should have never stopped marriage counseling because there was shit that was unresolved that we had to keep digging deeper on. But the way that it seemed at that time is like, this is our own personal shit we got to like process. In reality, the codependency like wasn't even a fucking, it, yeah, it was just a bunch I don't of even shit. think we even brought up I don't think co- we did. codependency and during, yeah. But also I'm the master of disguise and I don't bring shit up. You know, because I don't. I well, feel you weird. also didn't know you were codependent, right? That's true. So you didn't find that out till later. Yeah. So, bottom line, we had this um this session with our marriage counselor. It was the first time I actually uh, felt supported by you, because what did you say about me wanting to leave my job? Uh. <laughs> Great. I'm what, so glad yeah, you invested. I mean, I, I don't remember exactly what I said. I mean, clearly I, you know, recognize that you needed to leave for your own happiness. Um, but in all honesty, I don't remember exactly what I said. It wasn't anything verbatim. I just wanted you to fucking say, like, I finally came around to supporting your fucking decision. Yeah. Well pretty much. Yeah. And and not just looking at it from a financial Yes. Robot standpoint. Robot standpoint. Yeah, like you you need this you need to leave or needed to leave to grow basically yeah. like you were just stagnant where exactly you were. and and that's the whole thing is i was stagnant and i wasn't really advancing uh in my career but also it was something where leading up to this the make it or break it for me was going to be going to vegas and i went to vegas for uh, Mobilize Recovery. Mobilize Recovery is an event that occurs every year where recovery advocates and advocates from across the country focused around substance use disorder, dic- addiction. I was going to say dick. Addiction. Diction. <laughs> um, Diction re- is a real word. Harm reduction, all that come together. It's a three day event with workshops and things like that. And one thing that I had been preparing for that I was a part of is I was going to be a public narrative coach. I had taken some classes in the spring and then I had like a another refresher condensed super fast version in September. And being a public narrative coach means that I was teaching people how to what's what's the succinct way to say this? To tell a story about yourself, uh your connection to a group and in regards to trying to create action now, creating a a narrative, your public narrative, so to speak, to incite action in your community. And it's not necessarily around advocacy. This sort of storytelling can be done in any sort of capacity, but for this, it was used in advocacy. So the idea was like, oh, you guys are going to be coaches. And I was like, "Eh, am I? Like, I'm not going to be very fucking good at this. I was extremely nervous. All of us coaches, I think, were nervous. I don't think any of us were like, yeah, I've got this. We did it that day. It was a marathon day from 6.45 to 7 at night. And 
I felt extremely empowered after that. We had this big um, huddle afterwards, a team huddle. And I told everyone, I'm going to quit my job in corporate America. Like this has given me the confidence that I can figure something out. I have something more than just resume corporate America skills. And I think I can figure this out. And I said, I'm fucking terrified. But fear has stopped me for too long from doing too many fucking things. So I'm going to fucking do this and I'm going to quit. And everyone supported me, which I appreciated, but it was one big secret. And then that following um, week, I threw down my two week notice. And you said deuces to the corporate life. I will say that it can make people very uncomfortable to tell them I'm quitting and I have no set plan that definitely makes people uncomfortable, but it doesn't make me uncomfortable. Usually it would make me very uncomfortable, but it didn't. Uh, I told my parents, I told uh, Jordan's parents, my in-laws, and my parents initially were like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, they weren't ready for that news at all. But I was like, we're going to figure it out. I'll figure it out. I have the confidence in myself to figure this out. It was the first time ever that I didn't necessarily need anyone's approval i just needed i truly needed jordan just to support me did i need his approval no i mean does do you approve now i I mean i've always approved uh i was always blinded with again us being okay financially yeah but yes i if it goes back to you being happy being fulfilled in your life then Mm -hmm. i absolutely approve that yes i'm jordan i approve this message oh thanks (laughs) <laughs> political commercial oh my God, you're uh. so anyway it was the first time where i did not give a shit about what people thought about my next move in my in my life normally i contact i ask people yeah i'm thinking about doing this you know what do you think and blah, blah, blah. And no it's extremely uncomfortable i will say that because guess what i am not making a salary anymore i don't have set jobs lined up am i making money otherwise yes i am i am doing little things here and there so there is some income but it's nothing guaranteed yet however i think i'll figure it out and that's all i keep saying and i have switched my mentality i discussed this i think in the last episode or prior episode where i used to be like you know i'm going to expect the worst and if the best happens that's great my mentality is now I'm going to expect the West. I'm ex- I'm going to expect the West. Expect the West. Yep. I'm going to expect the best and then uh, prepare for the worst. So mm-hmm. my focus now is on the best. I'm focusing on good shit happening because for so long, I have been so codependent. I've just relied on everyone else to give me my self-worth and I need other people to approve and that will in turn give me confidence fuck no i'm not doing that shit anymore and i really made i think i've made a 180 when it comes you to absolutely that. have yeah and like all of that self-confidence and self-worth like i can already tell that's already um making a huge difference yeah because you're not relying on anybody else like this is all about you yeah And there was a period in August, too, that I went into like a depression dip because I was so concerned about the fact that I don't have a plan. I just knew in my heart I need to do something different. I need to do something that's of like service in the community. I need to do something that is not corporate bullshit and just being some cog in a wheel. So 
my depression dip truly went away when I went to Vegas because I met so many amazing people that I had known on the internet forever and then met new people who really um, are just like-minded. And they're, you know, one analogy, I can't remember if it was from a workshop or what it was, but this community, the recovery advocacy sort of community, the way it was described is that everyone is at this conference, so to speak, for the same reason, just like everyone's at this casino for some reason. Everyone's here to win money. If one person wins money, does everyone jump up and cheer and go, yay, you won $20? No, they don't give a shit. In the recovery, advocacy, addiction sort of community, if someone says, I'm in recovery, I haven't used a substance or I've been sober for 24 hours, everyone will fucking cheer that on no matter how long it is. So the support that's in this community is unlike any other. And just to be around like my people, I'm going to say that people who get it, people who understand why I'm passionate and why money's not driving this. I think it's a big middle finger to not have money driving this choice and i think that's why it's uncomfortable for some people because Mm -hmm. money isn't what's driving it it's my passion and Mm -hmm. i think a lot of people are like well why would you follow your passion um because i could fucking die tomorrow how about that that's that's grim well and it's also like you know society be like oh you have to have a full-time job and you know Mm -hmm. you have to after you get married you have to have kids and you know you raise your kids on a two-income house like that that's not how it is we're already the opposite of that because again we still don't have kids i'm still not pregnant that that conversation isn't even on the table at this point yeah and so we're the opposite of what society has expected but i think that's probably most millennials at this point yeah so bottom line i quit my fucking job The one piece, though, that I will say that was the hardest about making this decision is the last time I made a major life decision and just got up and quit my job was 2010. And in 2010, I quit my job in Tucson to move up to Phoenix to be with Jordan because 2011, 2011, because one of Jordan's stipulations was I can't really be in a relationship if it's long distance. If we lived in the same city, I would give it a try. Well, yeah, I was hesitant to throw the title if we didn't live in the same city. Why? Uh, just, you know, uh, 10 years later, why? What was well, your hesitancy? So we could see each other more often. and But why does yeah. a title... Def- well, whatever. I'm not going to get irritated with you right now. I was, I was going to say, we've been married for seven years. <laughs> We just had but, our seventh wedding okay, anniversary. Okay, but I had a fucking move up here to do that. This is true. Okay, you, so you so enough. bottom line, I quit my job. So 2010, that's like post uh, fucking recession or was it still a recession? I don't fucking know. We were starting to come out of, yeah. Yeah, so also probably a not ideal time. I had money saved up and I said, I'm just going to move to Phoenix. I don't have a job lined up, but I have money saved up. And I will figure this out. I'll I'll find something. And back then I was like, I'll find another corporate job. That's really what I was looking for, just because it was going to be safe. And uh, that was an uncomfortable thing. I remember telling my parents that I didn't want to tell them, though, that I was moving for a dude because I didn't 
want them to judge me and like say it didn't work out and they're like you fucking idiot why'd you move there for a dude i just said i was over tucson and i wanted to move to phoenix because my friends lived up there Mm -hmm. but in reality i was moving up there for jordan i had a lot of problems making this decision though because this was a few months after my brother's car accident and i was really worried about leaving him because we were living together and it was so in my head so soon after his accident but he's the one that said look i have a good feeling about jordan you're in love you need to go chase that you need to put yourself first and go do it do not worry about me so that's what truly solidified and kind of like gave me the permission to go and pursue this ridiculous non-plan thing This time around, sure, I put in my notice and things were great and blah, blah, blah. And then I couldn't help but think the one person who's like approval that I want on this, like the one person who I want to know, like, yeah, you're making the right move is not fucking here. And that hit me very hard. Yeah. Like I was. Because, again, I've been so stagnant since he died. So the idea that I, not only am I moving forward, I'm moving forward without his cheerleading on and I'm moving forward to do something good. Not like, like I'm feeling guilty, like I'm moving on in general and mm-hmm. I'm moving on to live a good life and I'm no longer grieving, which I am grieving obviously, but I'm setting myself up for good things to happen. And it seemed very like, selfish like what what, what's your take on it it's never selfish when you're putting yourself first and pursuing your own happiness if you're codependent it is selfish yes so i I guess i should backtrack on that but no I, i i can understand where you're coming from and you know back in 2011 when you kind of had mark's you know, when Mark had your back and was like, oh, you know, I have a good feeling about this. Like it, it kind of gave you that validation that yeah. this is the right decision. Um, but that is not here. Or I, I mean, he's not here to yeah. verbally say that. But, you know, I know he he knows this is the right call. And, you know, he absolutely has your back. Well, 100%. And you can say that. And everyone can say that. But I just felt like, I literally said, I just need a fucking sign from you. Like, I need something to confirm that I'm making the right call. Mm -hmm. The next morning, I went on to the Facebook, Mark Facebook. There was an event uh, posted for a, um, a, a new medium that was going to be at my favorite crystal shop. I don't care how woo-woo that sounds. I fucking love crystals. So a new medium, mind you, they have mediums every weekend at this shop. I have never gone. Not because I don't believe in mediums. Clearly I've talked about mediums before, but I don't know. I just haven't had the urge to go, but I saw this event post and this was 6am on a Sunday. And I was like, I need to go to this. I don't know what it is. I need to fucking go to this. Wait until Jordan woke up. I said, hey, I think I need to go to this. And he's like, okay, whatever you think you need to do. So I wait till it's a decent hour, aka 8 a.m., 8.03. And I'm like, hi, uh, do you have any openings left? And uh, this person books me. 
So I, I show up to the crystal shop and I say, I have an appointment with this person. And when I have done a, um, a medium in the past, they ask for like my birthday and whatever that information. I go in there and I sit down and he's like, okay, give me a minute. I'm just going to kind of like tap into your energy. I go, okay. So we're sitting there and he's like, how's your knee feeling? Is it feeling better? And I went, my knee? And he's like, yeah, how's your knee doing? And I, two days prior, had tweaked my knee from working out. I had gotten back into working out because my during my depressive state, I was not working out. I wasn't doing shit. And now this was like, I had done six days in a row, but I had fucking tweaked my knee from going too hard. I had not told anyone that except Jordan. This happened Friday. I still worked out Saturday because I'm like, no, I'm going to keep pushing. It'll be fine. Fucking tweaked it more. Sunday, I go to see him and I'm like, that's the first thing he asked you. That's the first thing he fucking asked and me. And it's not like you were limping, no, right? No, that's the other you thing. You didn't have like an ace I'd, bandage on nope, your knee, right? I didn't fucking limp. I didn't anything. Like literally, I just walked into his room and That's wild. I was like, well, I I didn't work out today. And he was like, you need to take it easy on yourself. You don't need to push so hard. And I was like, okay. So immediately I'm like, <laughs> how the fuck did this guy know yeah. I tweaked my knee? Yeah. So then he starts, um, he has this deck. Here's another thing. If you are familiar with like tarot and oracle cards, there's different types of decks that you can use. There's like your standard tarot deck, but then there's like oracle cards that have like different designs on them. And then there's different types of cards that a medium tarot card, whatever can use. They can use whatever the fuck they want. Of course, this deck is the golden deck. If y'all have heard me talk about this before, about stay golden, like that's my brother's fucking thing. So to see that it is a, the golden deck, I'm like, okay, coincidental, you know, whatever. He starts flipping cards over. He's like, you're doing something big right now. Like your goal, ideally, in life is to move to the Caribbean and work there. Is that right? And I was like, how the fuck did you How know How would that? he know that? And mind yeah. you, yes, in generalities, could that be anyone's goal? In like the wildest fantasy sure. or whatever. Yeah. But I have said to Jordan, we talk, we talk about this all the time. Bro, if our house triples in value, we're selling it, we're going to the Caribbean, I'm going to work, we'll work from the Caribbean and we'll deal with it. Yep. We have said this numerous times to each other. Mm-hmm. So for him to say it exactly like that, like we say it to each other, fucking creeped me out oh shit i have my little notebook can you go grab my notebook with all my notes in it i didn't start taking notes until this next part where is it it's on the table it's that mobilized recovery thing sorry guys anyway i'll keep going jordan knows this part so he's saying you are doing some sort of career change and what you need to do is you need to save your energy for what you want to do. So basically he said, you're doing a lot of extra stuff that is not worth your energy and it's wasting your time and you need to narrow that down. That is very true because I am me and I will take on multiple things just because, oh, you know, I can help, I can help, I can help, but it's not necessarily serving me. So he said flat out, you need to stop doing all these random side things and you need to focus your energy and your time. 
Then he was like, another thing that's a big deal for you right now is like funding money. Like maybe you have ideas, but you have no idea how you're going to fund it. You can get it funded. Trust me. And there are ideas that I have had where I'm like, I would need someone to fucking put up money for this. And I was like, there's no way I can do this. But he said, yeah, fucking do it. He said, hold on. I'm looking at my notes that Jordan went to go get. Um, sorry, I suck. So yeah, get rid of the time wasters, pull out all of your distractions. Definitely wants me to come from a place of gratitude. He said, you have focused too much on the shitty in the past. You need to focus on gratitude, being grateful, um, which is true. Then he talked about, he's like, do you drink coffee more than you used to? Which I do. How the fuck do you know that? I used to not really drink coffee all the day or all the day, every day. All the day. But Jordan is a fucking coffee freak. And I, the only reason I drink coffee is because he'll make a pot and whatever. And he's like, you need to chill on the coffee. It's messing up with your kidney chi. I don't even know what a kidney chi is, but I did look it up and whatever. And your kidneys were hurting you. Yes. Uh, up Leading up to yes. that session. Um, But he's like, it's hurting your chi. Stop, stop doing the coffee every day. I was like, okay. <laughs> Sorry about that. Then he brought up, you know, is there is there anyone in particular that you want me to see is there? And I was like, yeah. Can you see who my brothers are? <laughs> and um Is Mark around? Yeah. And he's like, Well, what's his name? And I said, his name's Mark. He's like, All right, this like I have to kind of like call his ass out. I was like, Yeah, please go ahead and do that. He says, So I see him like wrapping his arms around your neck, around you, giving you kisses on the cheek. And my oh, I'm sorry. I didn't tell him it was my brother. I said, I'm looking for Mark. And he's like, he's kissing him on the cheek. He's like, I, there's like a lot of love between you guys. Like, is he your brother? Like, who is he to you? And I said, yes, he's my brother. And he says, well, he's telling me like right now I see him. He's like pumping his hands in the air. Like he's saying this next step in your life, he fully supports you. And he says, the sky's the limit. Go do what you want to do. Like, he's just 100% full support. And that's when I start crying because again, this is what I have been wanting from him. And then on top of it, he's like, you and Mark didn't talk in his final months, did you? And I was like, no, how the fuck would anyone have known that? Like, you know, if we're that close and we're, we love each other so much, how would you know that? And he said, you know, he wanted to apologize. He said, he didn't know what to say to you and it has nothing to do with you. He was just going through his own stuff. He says he wishes he could have, if he could redo his life, he wishes he could have traveled more, but his life was meant to be this, this, you know, length of time. And I was like, all right. So my brother had a very specific idea for what I should do as a business. I am not going to say it because I don't want to jinx it, but he gave me a very specific idea for a business which was something I had already been pondering, but didn't know what to call it. So this is already like in motion and that kind of helped reaffirm shit. And then he said, I have a very big fear of success, which I do. And that I fear of taking any sort of risk because I am afraid I won't succeed. So it stops me from doing things. And he's spot on. I won't do shit because I am terrified. 
everything you told me about that conversation is 100% true. Yeah. And this dude had never met you before, didn't know any of your background. No. And he just, you sit down and he just taps into your Mm -hmm. subconscious. Dude, it was like... Like... And again, there may be people who are listening that are like, I don't know. I mean, he could have licked on your Facebook. Or he had he didn't have my last name. He didn't have fucking shit. Like, I literally texted him. I said, hi, I'm Jacqueline. Do you have an appointment today? And he said, yeah, come on in. Too. And that was it. I he had li- no other information. No, I didn't give him my fucking email. I didn't. Could he have done a deep dive on? No. Yeah, I'm sure he could have. But why waste? I mean, some whatever. Bottom line, I always feel like I have to defend this because a lot of people are like, I mean, really? You know, if he had said vague shit like, you know, there's a big change in your life and then didn't talk about my career, but then, and if he said, oh, someone, like, there's just no way. There's other shit he said, but honestly, I'm just too worked up to like read it and and it it was just a lot. Well, and he was so descriptive over the things that he brought up i mean you know just talking about mark how he was you know putting your arms around you and giving you a kiss on the cheek like that is the picture from sierra vista where he agreed to go to rehab yeah and that is like that is literally uh that was my you know that's a picture i have framed on our counter there's no way that's coincidence no no way i don't know i just had this vibe like you gotta go with your it. gut you gotta go with your intuition and he flat out said i mean he didn't know i was fucking codependent but he flat out said you have like put your you've ha- allowed other people to define your worth like you need to define your worth you are worthy and you yep. what you will do in life what you need to do is be of service to people and oh that was another thing my brother said that my brother said that you are going to help so many people by switching and doing this. And that's why he's cheering you on. So bottom line, I have a new medium. <laughs> <laughs> and you're doing this for you. I am. You know, you you are paving your own way and people are going to recognize how much you can change the world. So, well, yeah, I guess. No, my, it, my no, corner it, it is, of the yes. world. How about that? But fair enough. Again, I'm supposed, uh, my last day of corporate America was this past Tuesday. So it's been what, five days? I've still been nonstop with shit. Like, yep. again, all the volunteer shit I do. Um, I'm learning to trim down what I need to, though, to you, focus on. You've been my... more busy. I know. This week, you've been, yeah. People were like, how's your Thursday off? I'm like, well, I had an interview. I haven't been I had to do this. Uh, I have a meeting at this time. Like, I have not been your traditional unemployed person. I've been going nonstop. I showed Jordan a list today of the things I need to do, which is, I think, 20 things on the list. And it has nothing to do with advancing my career. It's just volunteership. But it's, it's like a full page and then a quarter of the back page. <laughs> and it's like, that's all you have to do. But it just goes to show that I truly was working like two full-time jobs. Oh, yeah. 100%. Because I would, if I had a lull at work, I was working on volunteer shit. As soon as I was done with work, I was logging into a fucking meeting. Tuco needs to go outside. I see him. Can we please pause? Hold on. You're the host. Okay, pause. Tuco's got to go potters. Okay, we're back from Tuco's bathroom break. We're back from commercial. Yeah, we're back from commercial. Anywho, 
I don't remember what we were talking about. Well, you were talking about your medium. Oh, yeah. Your medium session. Mm -hmm. Uh, That was great. And I'm sorry if y'all don't believe in mediums, but you haven't read the... (laughs) You haven't met the right medium yet. Just saying. I haven't met any medium except for the one on TV. Which one? The one, the one with the, the, Long Island the woman uh, with the blonde hair. Yeah. yeah Long Island medium. Mm. Yeah. Well, there's a couple other medium shows I've shown you, but whatever. That's fine. Don't remember them. I, I, I don't remember. Just, right. just her. That's fine. So that is the long, that is a, Jesus Christ, I've been talking forever. That is a very long update on me. But well, a lot's happened in two months. Yeah, apparently. And um, I'm trying to be codependent no more, which is the name of a book that you originally purchased. Yeah, but I only read like half of it. <laughs> weird, fucking weird. Um, An ADHD person didn't finish a book. That's weird. weird. I'm shedding a lot of my old shit and you learning are. to come into my power and feel confident and be a badass bitch. Which you are. And you're Thank only you. going to get even more so. Thank you. Yeah. And I told Jordan, I was like, he was like, oh, well, we should hang out. I have PTO to take. I was like, sure. My next free day is November 1st. <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. You're and then on top busier. of that, yeah, 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 I just, again, I'm trying to, uh, this week, I am coaching someone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, things are leading happening. Leading some meetings. I'm leading some meetings on uh, Monday and Tuesday, or not leading, facilitating, whatever. I'm helping out no, you're on leading. meeting. No, I'm helping out on meetings that I typically wouldn't help on. So you know, things are things are moving. You're moving and shaking. I'm moving and shaking, baby. Uh, Not wasting any time. No, but I still have yet to feel uh, unemployed. I still feel like I'm constantly busy. But well, don't worry. Maybe, Next Tuesday you'll have a day off. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> it's a Monday or, mo- or Monday. Yeah. We'll see. Um, I'm so sorry if you were totally bored by all that and you were just like, oh, when did you talk? How could you be bored by all that? I don't know. That's some exciting well, stuff. Well, it's, it's not their fucking life they're listening to. I'm sitting here droning about my life and for once I'm droning about good things in my life. This I'm, is, not, this is I'm good. not droning about how I'm fucking depressed and sad girl and all, well, I am codependent, but all these other things like it's rare I'm yeah. in this form. So. Yep. Yay. Yeah, it is. We need to embrace it. Yeah. And celebrate it. And it's only going to get even better. Because then the other shoe's going to drop and something tragic. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's how my mind's programmed uh, to think. And I hope it that doesn't happen. Anyway, so, Gordon, why don't we talk to you? Who? Why don't we talk to you? Sure, Jocelyn. What has been going on with you? Your list isn't as long, but. Uh, you know, I'm no. sure I'm sure people are invested in hearing your update and hearing sure. what's going on with you. So what's new? Last we checked in with you, you were doing you just started ADHD coaching. I did. And that's it. I think that was that, it. that's it. Okay, moving on. Okay, yeah. All total I went to eight sessions and I thought I was I thought they were going really well. My ADHD coach was really nice. She liked Hamilton or likes Hamilton. Uh, uh, so yeah. we, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we kind of bonded over that. But going more and more or going to each session more and more after like the fifth or sixth session, like you had asked me, so like what kind of goals are you setting? Like, you know, when you guys end your session, like 
do you say, okay, here's what you need to work on for the next week because they were weekly sessions. And then, you know, do you like talk about how the week went and what worked and what didn't work? And I'm like, no, not really. <laughs> and and th- they kind of got me realizing like these are really more of like therapy sessions than like coaching, like, mm-hmm. oh, here's what you need to do. Here's what you need to work on. Set these goals to help you build better habits, basically. So, you know, that got me thinking. So the next session, I asked my coach, like, hey, I'm having trouble, like, setting goals, you know, like, what goals could I set to, you know, help build these better habits? And she's like, well, no one's ever really asked me that. And she kind of, like, just talked around that like, that concept. I'm sorry. So, what coach does not have you create goals for yourself? No offense, but tons a, of offense. I mean that that's a great question. Um, because how do you know that you've progressed or advanced or have made yeah, anything if yeah. you don't have a fucking goal in mind? Yeah. As someone who you know is a public narrative coach and goal oriented and goal no, but it it astonished me because I would eavesdrop on Jordan's sessions because he talks so goddamn loud and it'd be going on in the other room, and I could hear her because it was on fucking speaker on the iPad. I would remember thinking this just sounds like a fucking therapy session like mm-hmm. jordan would say like i'm having problem doing this and she would just go yeah you know that's really common for people with adhd and i'm like mm-hmm. what the fuck are you gonna do to help them like hi yeah he, he, yes we all know we reaffirmed yes jordan reaffirmed but then also what triggered it is my sessions with Maureen where she's like, okay, here are our goals that we're going to focus on. This is what, you know, or like, what's your biggest thing right now? What? So she would just help me streamline my shit. So, yeah. and I knew for Jordan, obviously having been married to him, Jordan works really well with structure when he used to run and did half marathons and full marathons. He would adhere to a fucking schedule like no one's business. Can I get Jordan to adhere to a schedule now? Probably not. No. But I knew that that was a good thing for him to have that structure in place because it helps guide him. So I'm like, well, why don't you have like a goal structure or anything? And this was also, I'm I'm going to say this was also during like my depressive state. So I kind of went off and I'm like, bro, what's the point of you going to these sessions if you're not going to improve, because because again, this whole time, Jordan's like, well, you know, I just got to work through some things and then I'll change my behavior. And, oh, you know, I just need to work on things, to whatever. And I'm just like, bro, I, I need you to meet me, you know, and mm-hmm. if I'm just sitting here waiting for you to whatever, you know, figure your shit out, like that's what I've been doing this whole time. Yeah. So I'm sorry. Continue. Well, and it, it wasn't all it wasn't all bad. You know, I mean, I shouldn't preface it with like, oh, I didn't get anything out of it. Um, What'd you get out of it then? So, I mean, we did talk a lot about self awareness and like, she, like for example, she talked about this exercise where, you know, if you're doing something, you know, focus on any, anywhere from like three to five things that you can associate with each of your senses. So, for example, like if I'm, you know, outside with the dogs, you know, what do I smell? What do I hear? What do I see? And that, at least for me, like really quieted my mind where I'm not like 
thinking about all of these other things that are going on or all of these other things that I need to do. So it, it, it helps like bring you into that present moment. So your mind's not jumbling all over the place. So that's just one example. And, and, and I do that fairly often to, again, kind of center myself and, and bring me back to the present. But as far as like, you know, goals and like staying on track and like, you know, helping to keep me accountable, that wasn't, no. uh, that, that wasn't present at all. So Well, and a big piece with us is that here I am, I'm like, did you do this? Did you remember to do, like me being your fucking mom, I'm not your yeah. fucking mom. Yep. And so to then think, oh, okay, well, here's a coach. Someone who is a separate third party that will hold him accountable for yeah, things. I felt the same way. And yeah. she didn't fucking say, sh- like, there, because I remember there were times that he had to send over shit like the day before or something like that. Yeah, we had a, a prep form. And then there was like a day session. you didn't do it and you were like, oh, I didn't do it. She's like, that's okay. Oh, yeah. She's like, oh, don't worry about and it. And I'm like, you know, are you fucking kidding yeah. me? Like, this is She's what very I'm talking soft. About. Right. And yeah, yeah, just softballing the fuck out of you. And I'm just like, yeah. All right, dude. Do you want to pay me money? Because I'll fucking coach yeah. you. Yeah. I mean, she was very nice, and 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 we did get along. But yeah, she she wasn't but that, like that. Is not what makes a good. Coach. I, I I was I'm just sorry. gonna say you it, made a friend. Good for you. Yeah. Ex- exactly. <laughs> yeah. But who needs more of them? No. Who does? Yeah. You don't have to pay them. I'll tell you that fucking much. <laughs> no, you um, don't. <laughs> so that. Uh, again, I was already in an irritable state of mind because mm. I'm like, you don't support what I want to fucking do. I'm supporting you fucking have someone fucking therapize you. And that's not the point of this. You're supposed to be coached. And right. I I was just in a fucking not good spot. Yeah. But it did raise some questions for you as to, hmm, is this effective or not? It did. Yeah. Which obviously was not. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, I, I had eight sessions because you can buy like a package of four. And mm-hmm. I mean, you can go individually, but then it's more expensive. So at, after the eighth, eighth session, um, I ended it, cut that off. And you told me, uh, or at that point, you had told me such great things about Maureen and, you know, how she, you know, pushes you to think outside, you know, your comfort zone and really sets goals and like listens to you know, your story and really structures the sessions around what you really need. Um, I reached out to her and actually had my first coaching session with her uh, last week. What did you think of it compared to your ADHD coach? Oh, it was miles, miles ahead. Um, Yeah, she just, she has this way of like asking the right questions to like really drill down to what you're needing to be successful Mm -hmm. you you as in the client right and and not only that you know she sets goals she's like okay here are the goals i want you to work on between now and our next session yeah and um yeah it's just again that structure that i really need because if you know you know this better than anybody if i don't have like a uh direction yeah or like an end uh end uh goal or whatever I'm just going to meander mm-hmm. and like nothing is like I'm I'm never going to get there. But like with Marine, you know, here's the goals we're going to work on and then we'll assess in the next session. So uh, already leaps and bounds better. And I feel like, you know, the more sessions I have with Maureen, the more uh, I can get back on track. So. Yeah. 
no offense to your prior coach, but Same. you yeah. found a good therapist slash friend and that's fine, yeah. but that's not what you were looking for. So wasn't looking for venting sessions. Yeah. Yeah. But like I, I need goals and someone to help keep me. I mean, I, I know there's a sense of self accountability as well on the, you know, the flip side of that coin is as a coach, you should be like, okay, here are your goals here's how you can stay on track. Mm-hmm. Here's how I'm going to keep you accountable. And it was Speaking not like of that. accountability, do you remember the little accountability bet that we made just the other day when I said you had to take Tuco up to the vet to get his, and you guys don't care, he needs a urine sample to make sure his kidneys are good? Oh. And I said, I, not I, I need you to do this by... The end of, and this is the one thing Maureen has taught me. I need to set a clear expectation. I, I told Jordan, my expectation is that by end of day on Friday, which would have been yesterday, you are taking Tuco to the doctor because I have kept reminding him, you need to go do this because he volunteered to do it. So I'm going to hold him accountable and not be codependent and be like, oh, I'll do this for you. I don't have a job. No, fuck you. You need to fucking do it because you've been promising for weeks that you're going to do this. And I said, if you don't do it, you are paying for my entire Sephora Sephora order when it turns into the rouge sale where I get 20% off. The entire order. Yeah, that's what we fucking agreed upon. Mm-hmm. So that's really unfortunate for you. Yeah. Yep. Well, it looks like you're going to have to go back to work. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not. Because this is what I... like. I shouldn't have to do these things to hold you accountable yes. in my head. True. But Jordan responds well to money threats because Jordan doesn't want to part with his money towards makeup or perfume or <laughs> anything for me because he thinks I doesn't, I don't need it. When in reality, things are always evolving and so are smells, okay? Uh-huh. Yep. Any whom. If any rational person saw your perfume collection. Oh, for fuck's sake. It's not that giant. It, it is a three-tiered spinny tower thing. It's not that is really. Full. It's like. 15 16 perfumes it's, it's not that much it's a different scent for how i feel they're all different moods now if they were 16 of the same type of scent yes you have a fucking problem but can you not attest to the fact that they are all very different scents they are all different yes so it matches my mood suck my balls i don't care and that's all my money that i spent but now, this is a big thing too. The reason I had a very hard time with making this decision as well, the only person I've ever financially relied upon is my father. So the fact that I'm going to financially rely upon you to handle some things for me uh, or pick up my slack to where I'm not really makes me anxious and makes me very no. fearful because it's also like um, you wouldn't use it in a power way at all i know you wouldn't but for me it makes me feel inadequate and like mm-hmm. i'm not contributing to the household and it makes it even though i'm trying to build my worth it also lowers my worth because i'm mm-hmm. not contributing mm-hmm. and this is all internal you've never ever said anything to me about this but just the idea that i'm not an independent bitch anymore and now i'm relying on you to help fill in the gaps of income is a lot for me and i don't like that I don't like that I 
I've been independent my whole, again, minus my father, I've been independent my whole life. I've never relied on a man to pay for my shit or mm-hmm. do any of, and so it's almost as if I'm like relinquishing power. Mm-mm. I know I'm not, but in my head, I'm like, I've always done my own well, shit. I'll- I haven't had an answer to anyone. And that's the reason I wanted my own money, my own shit, Mm -hmm. my own everything. Like Jordan and I have separate bank accounts. We have a joint account that we both put money into. But I wanted to make sure that Jordan and I did not fight about money. I did not want money Mm -hmm. to be an issue in our marriage. And now we're getting into a territory where it could potentially spark something. Because guess what? It's my paycheck. If I want to fucking buy dumb shit on the internet that Jordan doesn't think I need to have. Like I really want to buy tap shoes. He doesn't understand why I want tap shoes. Well, I wanted tap shoes when I was five and I never got them. My parents said I don't need tap shoes, but guess what? I'm so trying to 32 years later. I need tap as shoes. an independent adult. They're only $70. And again, to clarify, these are tap shoe for tap dancing. Yeah. Yeah. Because you I have just, never brought up tap dancing once well, in the entire time we've been together. It's, it's something I've wanted to do since I was a kid. <laughs> but if I make my own money, I can make dumb purchases like that. Like that ukulele I bought that I've never really mm-hmm. played. Mm-hmm. Or um, like I still want to buy that child size accordion. Yep. I'm waiting for a deal on that. Or that giant skeleton from Costco. Yeah. Or a xylophone. I really want a xylophone. There are Xylophones are cool. Yeah. So yeah. can you fucking get on board like a good one? I like one? those mallets. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So one of those ones, it, it's like $300. Like, could you go get on board with that or no? Are you still getting the tap shoes? Yeah. Why can't <laughs> I have it all? I, why settle, Jordan? That's what, what about the perfume and the makeup? Oh no! I oh have to ch- no! See now you got to make this a decision. Is exactly why I like being an independent bitch. Because <laughs> if I don't have anything I need to spend, or if I have extra money for the month, I could buy tap shoes and not tell you. But now I feel like I need to run my purchases past you. Like, see, I don't like that feeling. Yeah. No, I see. I I, I see what you're saying, and I I never want to you know, limit, you know, if you see something, if you want to get something like there's no reason why you shouldn't have it within reason. Right. Within reason. (laughs) Within reason. I've wanted tap shoes since I was five. It's reasonable to have waited this long. Can you, can you only tap dance on certain surfaces? Yeah. Like we have that concrete patio out there. I can tap dance on that. Or if there's like a, you don't need like a wooden floor. Um, well then maybe I need to buy a wooden floor with it. I don't know. I mean, where does the rabbit hole go? I don't really know. I don't know anything about tap dancing. I so. haven't really looked it up. Just like I thought maybe I'll take up uh, like crocheting or knitting. Because that looks pretty easy. Oh, I don't uh, know anymore. Well, what's um, cross-stitching? You haven't done that in a while. Yeah, I'm over that. <laughs> Boy, it's like you're a Pisces or something. <laughs> I You like something for a short period of time and then you're over it. Well, and then you move on to something else. You're right. Yeah. (laughs) But that's my own money that I fucking spent. But see, now if I have these little whims of things I want to discover, here you are going to be judging McJudge as being like, why do you need top shoes? No. Because I've been wanting them and I just never voiced it to you. So, well, I'm not going to judge. However, I will say within reason, like you said, if you have extra money left over during the month, then you can get them. If that happens and we do have extra money and dirt at some point during the month, then yes, you can get tap shoes. See, then 
This sounds like a very weird, like, if we have, it's, this is like a conversation I had with my parents. But that's exactly how you just described it earlier. I know. Like, if you have extra money. I know, but I, I tell myself that. For you to tell me that, like, it gives me a weird parental vibe. Like, okay, Jack, if we have money at the end of the month, you can get this. It's just, see, this is, this is why I also do not feel at rest because I feel like I need to find something ASAP. In reality, Jordan has said, take November to just rest because it's the third anniversary of my brother's death. And during this time, I usually pack my fucking schedule mm-hmm. as a coping mechanism and then I burn myself out and I get really upset and I'm trying not to do that this year. I'm trying to take care of myself. So the idea of taking time off is a very foreign concept to me. Mm -hmm. I don't know how to take time off. I don't know how to do nothing without having an autoimmune disease leaving me bedridden. And I ideally don't want my autoimmune disease back. I would love to just... Ideally, yeah. I would love to just do my own shit and take my time, but I'm always in fucking hustle mode. I'm always in like, I need to find a job. I need to get income. Mm -hmm. I need to do this. I need to do that. Like... I don't know. Which is not the case. You can take as much time as you need to really figure out what you want to do. I mean, the opportunities are going to present themselves. Yeah. You know, I feel like you have this idea in your head where you once had a corporate job. Now that's gone. So there's this gaping hole. Right. That you need to fill right away when in reality, it's not the case. And I'm not going to lie. Part of it is uh, self-imposed shit. It's like, all self-imposed because I've never said, oh, you're you're gone from Nautilus now. You need to get your shit together. You're right. I've never said that. I know you haven't. And, a spe- and November is literally next week. Yeah. So. Is it? Jesus Christ, it is. Yeah, it's next Monday. Take my advice mm-hmm. and CTFO. Calm the fuck out? Chill the fuck out. Oh, chill the fuck out. <sighs> And just you're telling a person with anxiety to chill out, like, well, I no, I (laughs) (laughs) no, I get it, I get it. I don't, I I don't know how to not do things. I know you because I'm codependent, (laughs) but you, you just said earlier you're shedding that. I know I need to, but I also want to, I almost, I, I always feel like I have to prove myself to people. You know, if I'm sitting here doing nothing and this is the first time I'm going to be like, if say I go, this is a irrational, anxious fear. If I go to a new doctor and they're like, who's your employer? I'm going to say unemployed. Oh, yeah. Like when they ask like for your insurance. Yeah. Yeah. Like in, I don't, I've just worked, I've worked since I was fucking 16. Yeah. You've never not worked. I'm sorry, I take that back. There was a period I did not oh, work. after Enterprise? Yes. Yeah, before Geico. Um, maybe I'll talk about that on another episode because there's a whole other can of worms. Okay. Yeah, I, I just, it's hard to, the way I view myself is you're being lazy bitch by taking time for yourself. Nope. Because this is my codependent mentality. You don't do things for yourself. You do things for other people. You do things so other people see your worth and your value and your this and your that. Mm-hmm. And that's my own fucked up shit. Yeah. So I got to like read books and shit. I got to like on program this. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have my full support to and, take as much time as you need. And I will tell you, it is such a night and day situation to have your full support now. Mm-hmm. 
because like when we were in our um, marriage counseling session a few weeks back, like I started crying because it was the first time I had truly felt support from you. Mm-hmm. No shade to you, but shade because I hadn't felt that yeah. since Mark died. Yeah. And yeah. it was like, it was empowering to put my foot down and then you're like, okay, I can do that. Yeah. Well, and I, I wasn't being sensitive to how you were feeling. I was just looking at our overall situation. Like, no, you have to work. Mm-hmm. You know, like I wasn't looking at it from your own happiness standpoint. Yeah. yeah. So like th- this is going to get you to your like true happy place and you're and you're going to realize your full true potential because the most favorite thing about all of this at least for me is how much all of these organizations and these people that you're working with how much they appreciate you and yeah. how much they rec- or they, they recognize how much you can bring to the table and how much they value you when in your corporate job you were like you said just another cog in the wheel and no one really truly valued what you bring Um, or what you brought well not necessarily they didn't it it just didn't stand out to the point where here's a promotion there was nothing to get promoted to there was nothing you know what i mean like it's yeah you do a great job and you're reliable and great that's fine but yeah you know i just feel that I'm going to take my talents to South Beach and I'm going to do shit there. <laughs> okay, LeBron. <laughs> LeBron. LeBron's our age, isn't he? And he's way I think more so. successful. He is he is yeah. a a touch more successful than we are. Oh yeah. Just, did, just a little bit. Did LeBron James do public coaching, public narrative coaching? I, I don't think so. I don't think so. Did LeBron, LeBron James pass his CEP designation? No. I don't think so. But you did. But I did. Take mm-hmm. that, LeBaron. Take that, LeBron. Anywho, this is a way longer episode than I anticipated. I truly thought this was going to be 45 minutes. This is like almost hour 20. Oh, well, that's not too bad. But I feel like I rambled. Like I totally just blacked out and rambled. Well, I don't the, even remember what I fucking said. There, there's a lot. There's a lot to unpack. There's a lot to get out there. So, And I still, I didn't go into the detail that I wanted to on certain things because I just got overwhelmed and flustered. And I was just mm. like, I feel like there's a lot to say to these people because obviously if, if you're my friend on Facebook, you've seen this like play out. Play out yeah. But if you are not my friend on Facebook and you listen to me, I feel like I'm catching you up on like, oh my God, I haven't seen you forever. Let me tell you what's mm-hmm. going on. And it seems like a very one-sided situation because I'm sure a lot of stuff has happened in your life in the last two months. And I'm fucking rude for not asking you. So what have you guys been up to? Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Good for you. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. I think that covers uh, any <laughs> situation. <laughs> That was very nice of you Thank to you. ask the audience how yeah. their two months has been. But no. um, anyway, so I'm going to keep podcasting. This will take up some time. Things that will be coming up. I will be talking to a couple of people. And I say a couple of people, a couple of my friends yeah. um, from Mobilize Recovery who their stories, again, are dark. Uh, that's the whole point of this podcast. They're darker stories. I haven't done the interviews yet, so I can't tell you what it's going to be. But 
people who are in recovery. There may be a string of uh, friends who are in recovery who will be talking about their backstory. And then I am going to do a catch up episode with Stephanie. Um, If you remember Stephanie and her brother, Boom. Boom. Uncle Boom. Yeah, Uncle Boom. I'm going to be doing a catch up episode with her. And I think there's a couple of other things that aren't set in stone yet. But again, I'm every two weeks. So whatevs. I'm going to try to be more present on social media. Quote, I should have more time since I have 40 more hours a week. But not so far. No, not so far. So Ideally, I'm more active on social media. I'm going to try to break out of the formula of sharing a clip and then like, here's the post. And then that's all I would fucking do. I'll try to be like engaging or exciting or some dumb shit. That's that's a preview of what's to come. I'm excited for season two. Thanks. Season one was absolutely phenomenal. Thank you. So I'm very excited for new guests, new stories, Mm -hmm. new episodes. I'm excited too. Uh, It's going to be dark shit. We're going to be talking about shit we have not talked about before. Some stuff may have been stuff we've discussed, but obviously every person has a very different experience in their life and how it has led them to certain places. So... I hope you keep listening. I'm sorry if you thought I rambled a lot. I feel like I rambled a lot. I felt out of breath this whole time. It's a lot. It's a lot to get out there. But, you know, hopefully I chill the fuck out per Jordan. I hope I CTFO because I just still feel like on edge, like I'm on working double time mode yeah. and I need to. Well, and it's, down. it's not like a light switch. Like it's not going to go on and off overnight. No. And, you know, I. I, I'd say that in jest, but like in, in reality, like I have your back. So don't feel like you need to figure everything out immediately. You know, take one step at a time. Wearing tap shoes? Okay, I can do that. If you want me to relax, <laughs> why not have tap shoes and fucking learn T for two, two for T? How are, how are you going to learn how to tap dance? YouTube. Fucking myself. Not fucking myself. (laughs) I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is that what I thought she said? No. Oh, goodness. Um, You're getting loopy. I'm getting crazy because it's 1040 on a Saturday night. And usually if this were 10 years ago, we'd be just getting to a a bar or a club. The night would just be starting. And now I'm like, bro, I should have been asleep for an hour by now. But, you know, I don't plan my fucking life accordingly because I don't plan anywhere. I just let things happen. Just let it happen organically. And it's, I fucking, it's, uh, it's an adjustment. Tap shoes are TBD. Well, guess what? I still have a paycheck coming, so why can't I use my money to buy? Tap oh shoes? yeah, you still got to get your last paycheck. Yeah, so why can't I? Oh, there you go. You can use that. But I need <laughs> you to support my tap shoe decision. Wait till I become a famous tap dancing podcaster. Oh, is that genre exists? Ooh, a no, tap dancing podcaster who a does tap... harm reduction. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> a harm reduction. A harm reductionist who tap dances at the sites. Hmm. Oh wow! So oh like my god! En- entertainment, yeah. To boot, T for two. Here's Narcan for you. Yep. See. Wait, what was that? Here's Narcan for you. Narcan. I hand out Narcan. Well, no, I, I know T that. For but two. What's... You don't know that song? No. It's what like song a... is it? Well, I I reference it to a Sex in the City episode where Charlotte's learning how to tap dance because it's after her divorce from Trey. 
you don't know what the fuck I'm talking about, even though Jordan has seen Sex in the City. But I don't remember that. She episode. tap dances to T for Two, and remember, like everyone is partnered up, and she doesn't have a partner. No, I cool. Good I talk. Don't, I, I don't remember that episode. All right. Well, anyway, I'll play you the YouTube video after this. Okay. Well, we have HBO Max. We can just watch the watch it. Oh my God! Jordan Brown just suggested watching Sex. Oh my God! <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Um, all right, let's. Uh, all right, I let's, really let's love wrap you. This up. I really love you guys. Thanks for listening to me ramble and having a midlife crisis. But I'm getting through said crisis. I appreciate you. If you again, if you haven't listened to season one, go listen. Okay, see the evolution of moi, and then uh, come back here. And two weeks from what the fuck is Monday, the twenty fifth. So two weeks from that, it will be next episode drop. It'll be an interview. It won't be all about me. And you'll be like, thank fucking God, which. So. No. Anyway, Jordan, thanks for filling in the blanks. Thank you for having me on. No problem. And if you do need a permanent co-host. You're not permanent. I am available. By any fucking means. I live you, here. You are a honorary co-host, which, you know, I agreed to with your hype man, John Harold. What's it, what's it going <laughs> to... What's it going to take to get promoted to full-time permanent co-host status? I don't know. I'm going to What is that going to take? Uh, a little more pizzazz. Oh, I don't have that. Well, you do have it. You just need to let it go. Okay. Elsa. All right. I'll uh, work yeah. on that. All right. I love you guys. Thank you for listening. And uh, that's all I got. So, okay. Bye. <laughs>